Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Whether you like to fish, enjoy talking about fishing, or just enjoy the fishing lifestyle, this is the podcast for you. So go grab yourself a cold drink or a hot cup of coffee, sit back, start tying up some fishing rigs, and enjoy the show. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Dieter Mellowhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope you're having a good day, whatever day it is that you happen to be listening to the show. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, I appreciate you dropping by and checking it out. I'm Dieter Mellowhorn, and uh, I'm kind of the host of this little show for the next little bit here. Um, if you're new and you want to drop a message, want to say, hey, I like it, I hate it, here's an idea, which I get a lot of the ideas for the podcast from you guys that are listening and uh that's what today's uh, actually came from several people that have messaged me about this but yeah if you want to reach out to me um go to my website deetermelhornfishing.com uh when you get there there's uh, all kinds of links there's a link to my guide service uh here in the carolinas there's a link to the fishing gear a link to my youtube channel if you haven't found that yet and most of all there is a contact section send me a message send me an email give me your thoughts and your feedback i love hearing uh, from people that are new to the podcast and have just stumbled across it and found it. And let me know how you found it, too. That's always uh, good info for me. Um, all you guys that are regular listeners, I appreciate you coming back. Uh, it's it's much appreciated. This is, um, to my knowledge, one of the only catfish-oriented podcasts around. I do brush on some other stuff. But, yeah, a lot of it is catfish-oriented and catfish fishing. So, uh, I know Chad Ferguson had one for a while, and it went away. He was kind of the inspiration for me doing this one. And uh, there's not just that much to listen to. And if you're like me, you're rolling down the road, you're getting on an airplane, whatever, uh, it's sometimes you can't be looking at the phone. I've actually turned a lot of my YouTube uh, watching into podcasts. It, you know, I'll sit there and listen to them uh, while I'm going down the road. Uh, and instead of looking at them, don't look at YouTube while you're driving down the road. That's dangerous. You can pull over to the road and watch my videos, but don't do it driving down the road. But no, that's where the podcasts come in. Uh, they're uh, good for information, good to listen to, uh, just some good passive entertainment while you're driving down the road. And uh, sometimes it's just some quiet noise in the background that you can listen to. So all you guys that are listeners, I appreciate you checking it out. Uh, trying to put out... Um, some different stuff, trying to get more interviews, and just trying to put out little nuggets of stuff uh, to come here and talk about that out of, it's like I tell people, out of an entire, you know, podcast, even if it's something old that you've been over before, there may be something new and little in there that helps you, and that's the reason I do this. So uh, I think educated anglers are better anglers, and most of all, I think educated anglers are better stewards of our resource. Uh, I, th I would, you know, I, I've had some people question before whether giving all this information out is good. Shouldn't people have to work for it and earn it and everybody's going to know how to catch fish and all this kind of stuff. Well, my take is this, um, uh, I, I, I believe that if you're an educated angler, uh, you know how to fish, you have confidence catching fish, you have confidence being out there on the water, you have confidence catching a big fish and you know that, if you turn that fish loose, you can catch another one because you have that confidence in your angling ability. I think those anglers are better stewards of the resource than somebody who struggles and and struggles to make it and then finally catches one and has to do like I did when I was a kid and drag it around to everybody and their brother in the neighborhood and show it to them and kill the fish. Uh, so 
nothing wrong with keeping fish to eat, but you know, I do support uh, the conservation of our trophy fish because I think that is what motivates those trophy fish is what motivates a lot of people to go out there. And it's one of the great things about fishing for catfish is that um, we're able to catch big fish in a lot of places. They're not everywhere, but um, you're not going to have a reasonable chance at catching an 8, 10, 12, 14 pound largemouth bass. Period. I don't care where you fish. Um, and you will never catch a 30, 40, 50 pound largemouth bass. So uh, we have the opportunity to catch some really big fish without having to go to saltwater. People that are freshwater hundreds, thousands of miles from the coast are able to catch fish that are in these high double digits. And I think that's what's cool about the catfish resource. So it's a whole big ramble there on why I do what I do. But again, I appreciate you guys listening. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I just did a video on my YouTube channel on um, sinkers. I get a lot of questions about sinkers. People that watch my YouTube videos will see a sinker. They'll see a drifting sinker. Uh, one of these long, flexible, bendy things that's on one of my catfish rigs. And they're like, what is that? Then they'll watch another video. Well, why aren't you using that one again? You're using this one. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to try to go over some things here on sinkers. And how they apply to the catfish world. Now, the bad part is about this, you know, medium here is that you can't see what I'm talking about. So I'm going to try to um, really go into a good description and lay it out for you so you can visualize it. Uh, that is the one art to radio, uh, which is all podcasting is that I have not totally developed yet. But I'm going to try to paint the picture for you what some of these sinkers look like and how they apply. And then you can check out the uh, video that I have up on YouTube once it goes up and uh, you can check it out and actually see what these sinkers are. I break sinkers down into uh, really two categories. Uh, one solid lead and the other ones are flexible sinkers. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of sinkers that are just solid pieces of lead, period. That's all there is to them. Uh, they come in different shapes, and they connect differently, and they serve different purposes, but they're solid pieces of lead. Then there's a whole other group of sinkers that are, for the most part, drifting and dragging and trolling weights. They're made to maintain contact with the bottom, but they are flexible. They bend, some of them. Uh, and they're in an odd shape. Usually they're elongated, or they're straight, long sticks. Uh, they vary greatly in their their shape and their size. And... Uh, what I'm going to go over first is the solid weights, the traditional lead weights, some of the varieties that are going to come in handy for you in catching catfish. Uh, now, the first one is 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 the simplest one of all. Uh, it's probably the first one that was ever made by anybody in any production, and that's an egg sinker. Uh, it's basically an oval or elongated sinker that is almost shaped like an egg. It's It's round and elongated and... Uh, dead through the middle of it, right through the center, is a hole that goes from one end to the other. You can see through it. That sinker is designed to go on your line, above your swivel, above your bait if you're using a knocker rig. And uh, it's, it's very simple in design. Uh, it's not really designed to twirl. Uh, it's not designed to move. Uh, not designed to take up a lot of space. It's very minimal in its, its presence and its profile in the water. Uh, and they come in a variety of sizes, everything from a 
quarter of an ounce all the way up to eight, nine, ten ounces. They get very, very large. Uh, they're a very simple sinker, the most basic sinker uh, that you can come across, and you can catch any fish anywhere with it. They are used from freshwater to saltwater for every fish species out there. Um, the bottom line is no matter what sinkers you add to your tackle tray over the years, you need to always have egg sinkers in there because they are a very good, basic, practical, applicable to any kind of fishing sinker that will work anywhere. So put that one on your list as must-have sinker, egg sinker, and a variety of weights depending on where you're fishing and how you're fishing. Now, a variation of this weight is what they call a no-roll sinker. This is another sinker that is used on a Carolina rig uh, type setup. Uh, if you could imagine taking a that, that egg sinker, that oval sinker, and putting it into a vise and mashing it flat. So you've got this sinker and you're going to crush it flat. It's still got the hole all the way through the center, but all of a sudden that thing is flat. That is what a no-roll no sinker is. That's two words, N-O-R-O-L-L. -L. It's kind of obvious what it's designed for. It's designed not to roll when it's on the bottom. Now, the actual shape of a no-roll sinker is a little more teardrop than it is oval. This is um, by design again, so that oblong shape uh, kind of helps with uh, uh, some of the uh, keep preventing it from rolling um, but these things are designed to lay on the bottom generally on harder bottoms you may be on a rocky bottom sandy bottom that type of thing and are designed not to roll and not to tumble uh, if you're in current uh, they're a pretty effective tool a lot of catfish guys like them uh, that is one that is very popular for people that are anchoring up fishing the Carolina rig now another one <laughs> that I think kind of falls into the, uh, it's kind of going to segue into the drifting side and anchoring side, and that's a pencil weight. What a pencil weight is, the great thing about a bunch of these names is they describe what this thing looks like, so it helps kind of tell the story. If you can imagine a weight that is about half the length of a pencil, and the thickness of it is going to vary from the thickness of a pencil, maybe for a one-ounce version, to twice the diameter of a pencil for a two, three, four-ounce version. But these things are elongated. They're like a stick. Some people will call them a stick weight. On one end, there is a loop, uh, either a hole through the weight or a piece of, you know, a uh, wire that you can attach uh, a either a snap swivel or a sinker slide to. Generally speaking, these are not good to put directly on the line. You need some type of a sinker slide or a snap on your rig to attach these things to. The cool thing about these is, and the reason I say they kind of transcend the anchoring versus moving, is that you can actually use these weights drifting. They are a very effective weight for drifting and dragging baits. Um, they uh, probably are not as effective as some of the ones we're going to discuss with the uh, more flexible versions, but uh, these things will work fine for that. They're also great for anchoring. Uh, I, you know, when you're anchored and set up and casting out, uh, if you're using the same rigs like I do a lot of times where I'm using Santee rigs for drifting and anchoring, 
they, you can just leave them on there and go with those and you're in good shape. Uh, another good versatile weight that I like to have on the boat all the time because they have a lot of applications and uh, if you're out of drifting weights, boom, you can put one on and you're good to go. And if you're out of what you would normally use to anchor up with, you can throw one of them on and use them for bottom fishing with the Carolina rig. Now one more we'll go over before we get out of the solid lead weights and that's a bank sinker. A bank sinker is almost teardrop shaped. Um, at one end there's a hole and this is punched through the lead itself. It doesn't have any type of a connector uh, melted into it. It's just a hole, elongated, kind of heavier toward the bottom. And uh, it's, a, uh, it's a good, versatile weight. It's compact. Uh, it's a great sinker that you can, now generally speaking, you're better off putting this one, again, attaching it with a sinker slide or with a snap to your line. Um, you can put it directly on the line. You can go through it. But I think uh, twist-wise, you're better off with a sinker slide on it. Uh, the cool thing about these things is they're a fairly compact, concentrated piece of weight. And I think, like with those, the egg weights and the uh, no-rolls, I think they're very good for casting. I think if you're uh, chunking out big weights uh, and you're trying to get casting distance, whether it be from the bank or from the boat, I think these are good. I think these work better than some of the more elongated weights and definitely better than some of the drifting weights we'll talk about in a second. The cool thing about a bank cigarette the way it's designed is uh, you can swap the weight out with the snap while you're fishing. Uh, you know, if you want to go with less weight, more weight, uh, you can do that while you're fishing. Whereas with the no rolls and the egg sinkers, you got to cut the line, take the sinker off, put another sinker on, retie, all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit quicker. Um, it's not hard, hard tying knots, but it's one more aggravation you got to deal with out there. So uh, that's one of the sinkers, the bank sinker that's versatile. And I carry, uh, for me personally, out of the solid pieces of lead, I don't use no rolls. Uh, not a, uh, I just don't use them. Never got into the practice of using them. Uh, I, I carry the uh, pencil weights, stick weights, whatever you want to call them. I carry bank sinkers and I carry egg sinkers. Those are the three solid leads that I carry on my boat for a variety of different fishing, whether that be fishing for catfish, anchored in current, or downlining, or uh, doing saltwater fishing. So those are the three that I carry on my boat. Now, we're going to segue into the drifting weights and the trolling weights. Basically, what's happening when you're drifting, trolling, dragging is you're in a boat, and this is for boat fishing, and the boat's moving. Uh, people will either suspend lines straight underneath the boat in the middle of the water column. That means they're not touching the bottom. They're somewhere between the top and the bottom. And that's where your solid weights come in. Your egg weights uh, come in perfect for that type of suspended fishing. But a lot of us are dragging baits on the bottom, or at least in that bottom three feet of water. And when you're doing that, as you can imagine, there can be debris on the bottom. It can be rocks, it can be trees, it can be sunken fishing piers, it can be all kinds of stuff. And you can get snagged up depending on the water where you're fishing. Some of the older lakes don't have that much stuff in them and you can drag for miles and hours and days and never get snagged. And then there's other ones. You start to go across a point that's not silted in then you're breaking off half the rigs you got. So these drifting weights, drifting rigs help you uh, avoid that happening. Basically what it is, if you can imagine uh, taking a 
tube, a flexible tube, taking a hose, uh, whether it be a garden hose or something like that, and putting some weight into it, and it's able to bend. One of the weights that I make uh, when I made these homemade was some of the tubular shoelace. Uh, imagine a piece of shoelace, something that diameter. And uh, in this tubular shoelace, it was open in the middle. You would cram weight into it, uh, whether it be split shots. Uh, I was using number six buckshot. Uh, you could use some of the egg sinkers, some of the small egg sinkers into there. But if you can imagine that going into a flexible, you know, corded type material that bends. That is what a drifting weight is in its most basic form. Uh, that's how these uh, drift weights were created originally uh, using paracord. Parachute cord became very popular because a parachute cord has a hollow center and you're able to load the weights into it and it allowed these weights to be flexible as they went across the bottom. They could bend and roll over stuff and move. Uh, these drifting weights, people ask about them. You guys have asked about them. Uh, the ones I've been using are some of the ones that Bone Town uh, Catfish Tackle makes. Um, they're uh, here in the Carolinas. You can check them out on Facebook. That's B-O-N-E-T-O-W-N, uh, Catfish Tackle. Um, they make a very uh, cool one that is very, very flexible. Uh, a lot of different people make them. Uh, Bloodline uh, Catfish Tackle makes one um, that is a little different. It actually... Um, Instead of being solid weight, about a third of it is weight. The other half is foam. And what that foam does is it floats that upper end up off the bottom so that this thing is going through the water um, with your line and your connection and your leader suspended up off the bottom away from some of the stuff that's like directly on the bottom. And depending on what kind of conditions you're fishing in, uh, it can make a difference in keeping... That connection, that connection is a lot of times what gets snagged up, folks, where everything comes together at the leader, the sinker, and the line. That is usually what gets hung in the fork of a limb or, you know, a corner of a rock, that type thing. And uh, the one they make floats up off the bottom. That can help out uh, with how you get snagged. Now, there's a lot of varieties of these things. Uh, some of them are short. Some of them are longer. Uh, some of them, people make them solid. They take a solid piece of uh, uh, either lead wire, as it's called, which is basically about a, I don't know, probably about a uh, eighth inch to three eighths inch solid piece of lead wire, uh, and they cut that into pieces, drill a hole in it, run that onto the line to attach to a snap, and use that. It'll bend in kind of a crescent kind of shape. And uh, a lot of people use that. There's a lot of varieties in these drifting weights and drifting sinkers. And I think, uh, I ain't going to say there's the best one, but I think there's some that work better in different applications and different types of fishing. And what I mean by that is depending on what kind of bottom you've got where you're fishing. Uh, if you're fishing a silted in reservoir versus fishing a, uh, a hard bottom where it's maybe rocky uh, or if you're in an area that's got a lot of stumps, trees, debris, that type thing. I think some of them will work better than others in those different areas and I think a lot of that's going to depend on how you fish. Um, you know, I fish a certain way with lines kind of far behind the boat. You know, one weight may work better there than somebody who fishes with lines very close to the boat. So, uh, I think some of these things have good applications. There's not a way to say that's the best one. That one works best. You got to have this one. 
think there's a lot of variety and a lot of different stuff there that will work for different people. And it may take you playing around with some of these to see what works, see which is uh, which is going to work work best in your application. So, uh, uh, I like I said, I'm gonna have a video out that's going to show these things. Seeing these things will make it a little more clear on exactly what I'm talking about. I know I've tried to describe in great detail what these things look like, but uh, that's hard to do through. Uh, in the audio world only but hopefully that clears up a few things about it and uh, I think it like I said it helps to have a variety of these on the boat uh, you know with the drifting weights I've got the bone town catfishing sinkers on mine I've got some from bloodline that they make I've got a good variety of them on there and uh, yeah some perform better than others in different situations then there's sometimes I can put a pencil weight on there and drift and drag and they work just fine too so um, I like having the variety. I like having a selection. I think that's good for anybody um, because, listen, every waterway is different. And, uh, you know, different types of water, the way you're fishing it is all different in those different places. So I think having some different tools in your toolbox, a uh, man that's going to build a house doesn't just have a hammer. He's probably got two or three different hammers and several saws and all kinds of different stuff to make it happen. And that's kind of the way it is with fishing. You're going to have a variety of tools uh to make the job happen so anyway hopefully that gives you some uh good information on the sinkers appreciate you uh checking out this uh podcast and uh we'll catch you guys out on the water